Welcome back to the Squared Sports Podcast. On the host of this podcast, Lane Frank, we're now episode 130. Episode 130 episodes through, and I got action episode planned for you. We're in the middle of the MLB trade deadline right now, as the time of this recording, entering the last hour of the MLB trade deadline. Already an amazing day we've had. College football starts this month, NFL. We got preseason games this month. Stay tuned for an awesome episode of Squared Sports, episode 130. Let's hop into it. All right, let's start off episode 130, how we always do with the headlines in the NBA. Damon Lillard, once again, is not traded to the Miami Heat. Now the NBA sends out a memo to the rest of the team saying, you can't just request a trade to a single team. You can request a trade. Any player in the NBA can request a trade. That's fine. It's going to always leak to the media. Whatever. We can deal with that. You can't just say, hey, trade me to the Heat, nobody else. Even if you have a no trade clause, you can't just say, hey, trade me to the Heat, nobody else. And I don't even know if Damon Lillard has a no trade clause. So this situation is interesting. If I'm I say, the heck with you, Damian Lillard. You want off my team? I'm just going to trade you to the best offer. Now, if the best offer is the Miami Heat, that's the Miami Heat. If it's the Boston Celtics, we'll give it to the Boston Celtics. Doesn't matter if it's Miami Heat or if it's the Orlando Magic. Two drastically different franchises right now. Doesn't matter. We're taking the best offer. That's what I'm saying if I'm the Portland Trailblazers. Just now in the NFL, preseason NFL starts this week on Thursday. We have Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Taking on the Browns in the Hall of Fame game. Really excited for that to see, you know, Deshaun Watson back in action. Aaron Rodgers, his first look is in New York Jet. When Hard Knocks starts, that's going to be an interesting show to watch this year. Obviously, Hard Knocks, great show to watch. Get that train camp dive. But this year, New York Jets, you got Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Aaron Rodgers, Robert Sala, Nathaniel Hackett. That'll be an interesting show to watch this year for sure. NFL preseason ramping up right about now. In the MLB, it is deadline day. Max Scherzer gets trade over to the Texas Rangers on Sunday. We have Justin Verlander getting trade today over to the Houston Astros yet again. I'll talk about all the New York Mets things later on the episode. A few more trades going on that will be right now. You see Paul Stewart going over to the Diamondbacks. Lucas Giolito going over to the Angels. Two more things. Otani off of the market. We have some teams struggling in the MLB right now. You see the Mets. Obviously, they're struggling. They're going to trade a few more guys, it looks like, in this last hour of the trade deadline. Yankees. I went to see Mets-Yankees the other night. Really, really slugfest for both teams. Really bad Yankees, you can see in that lineup. You can call stands, seems like half a player. Usually, Mayhew, not so much. Garrett Cole, he's not on the trade market, but he can opt out after the season. That's the thing to look at right there. Let's spot for the news, and then we'll beat. Let's move to college football. College football also starts this month. We're going to get week zero starting up last week of August. So excited for college football. My favorite time of year, my favorite sport to talk about on this show and get ready for a lot of great college football content coming across all social media platforms and right here on the direct episodes. Stay tuned for that. Squares Sports fans. College football coming up. And that's about for the headlines this week. Leave your thoughts and comments. Now, take the week. In this week's take of the week, it's something that's been on my mind. It is my favorite sport, my favorite thing to watch in the world. And that's college football. And the college football that I grew up on, Big Ten football. Having Michigan play Northwestern, being up on them. Having Michigan play Ohio State and get my heart broken. Having USC play UCLA every year. Having USC play Oregon State, be up on these teams. Having these SEC rivalries, having these competitions where, you know, obviously it's going to come down to the end. If you win the SEC championship game, you go into the playoff. If you lose, you're going to get a small consolation prize of a decent New Year's Six Bowl. All of that, all of college football as we know it, is over. Even something I loved about college football back then that isn't really a thing anymore is coaches getting in trouble with maybe paying your recruit. Jamie Pruitt, Hugh Freeze, none of that matters anymore because we have NIL. Transfer portal wasn't a thing back then. A player would stick it out, try to get that starting job their last year. Blake Stims at Alabama, he stuck it out every year. He got the starting job his senior season at Alabama. 
fought out Jacob Coker, won that. You have other examples of players fighting out. Say, you could say Wilton Spate at Michigan fought it out and they transferred because new era of college football but still fought it out to get that starting job after they brought in another guy that year. So college football, as we know it, changing. The transfer portal. I just threw some examples right there. Transfer portal, expansion, and realignment ruining college football as we know it. But could be for the better, you could say. I just want to say right here that this is the last perfect college football season that we've known. The college football that we've known for about over 100 years, the one that we've seen Michigan have a 1,000 wins, where we've seen all these teams win national championships in the new playoff, in the BCS. We thought that would change college football. No, CFP, four teams, that's amazing college football. It didn't really change anything else. But now we have a realignment. We're going to have USC and UCLA join the Big Ten. We might have Washington, Oregon, and maybe Stanford and Cal join the Big Ten. That's just going to ruin the Pac-12 entirely. We have Colorado going over to the Big 12. We see maybe Clemson, Florida State going out of there to the Big Ten and SEC. We're seeing maybe a super conference where there's just two conferences. We could see East Coast versus West Coast. I don't know how I feel about that. I really don't. Because it's going to be interesting for not just college football, for college basketball. What if for college football, the whole entire Pac-12 disbands, the whole entire ACC disbands, but then for college basketball, what do you do? Because ACC college basketball, that's amazing. You don't need a team also flying across the country. That's going to be interesting to see Rutgers play on a Friday night against USC, where they just had to play on a Wednesday night against Michigan, which is only about an hour away. Now you're flying across the whole entire country to go play against USC. So that's my thing right there for not just college football entirely, but all of college sports. How college football can affect everything. Because in the end of the day, Football is the most important thing for every single program in the country. You could say it's basketball for a school like Duke. No. Football can prioritize everything for a school. And that's my take of the week right there on college football. I put it out on the Squared Sports Instagram how this is going to be the last normal college football season ever. I truly believe that. Go follow Squared Sports Instagram at Squared Sports. That's my take of the week. Leave what you think on the college football season coming up in the comments. Now, top five. This week on top five, sticking with the college football theme, we're going to talk about top five players in college football. Let's hop into it. Number five, defensive lineman or linebacker, whatever you can call him, Harold Perkins at LSU. Harold Perkins is going to be a true sophomore this year, true freshman last year at LSU. Really came on as of late in the season, really had a great end of the season, had a great SC championship game, really played well against Arkansas, had about four sacks and about three forced fumbles in that game. Harold Perkins is a menace on defensive side of the ball. He's the Micah Parsons of college football. That's you need to look out for right there. That's his perfect comparison. He can play defensive line and he can play linebacker. Harold Perkins, number five at LSU. They're going to have a good year coming up at LSU. I'll release my top 25 in a few weeks, but right now, top five players going to this college football season. Maybe not my Heisman pick is number one. Still to decide on that, but as of right now, top five players in college football are down number five. Number four, Michigan running back, Blake Corn. You call it bias, but the facts are the facts. Blake Corm was going to win the Heisman last year until he gets hurt week 12 against Illinois and had to miss the last three games of the season. Blake Corm coming back for a senior year, better than ever. Look for Michigan to pound the rock with Blake Corm and Dalvin Edwards, especially Blake Corm. Look for another 15-touchdown-plus season out of the Michigan man, Blake Corm. Number four, best player in college football, Michigan man, Blake Corm. Number three, North Carolina quarterback, Drake May. Drake May could challenge Caleb Williams for the number one pick this year. There's even another quarterback who could challenge Caleb Williams, the number one pick this year. You're going to hear his name coming up. But Drake May, amazing quarterback, got offered so much money to leave North Carolina. He said, nah, let me stay in North Carolina. Let me play on a mediocre North Carolina football team at that. But Drake May, maybe he can carry North Carolina to ACC championship playoff. Not out of their own possibility. Drake May can carry this North Carolina roster 
as far as he wants. Drake May is an amazing quarterback. Mobility, I saw him play up in person. His mobility, his improv and fourth down, his arm strength. He's got all the tools to be an NFL quarterback and a great college football player. Number three, North Carolina quarterback, Drake May. Number two, and you can call someone bias again, but it's J.J. McCarthy. You could say, J.J. McCarthy, oh, he was horrible against Illinois. He was horrible against TCU. Run the film back. Watch it again against TCU. Throws a pick six that probably should have been passing interference. Throws another pick six that was a little bit of miscommunication. But look at his touchdowns. Throws a 50-yard bomb to Roman Wilson that doesn't get called touchdown. They reverse it, and then they fumble the next play. Not his fault. Gets an amazing running touchdown on fourth down. Gets another few great plays. J.J. McCarthy against Ohio State was amazing. He's got mobility. He's got a lot of hype going on around him right now. People are saying he could be the best college football player in the country. I'm not that crazy. I'm not going to say he's going to be number one. Nah, as a Michigan fan, I hope he's number one. I hope he can lead to a national championship. I hope he can be another Michigan number one overall pick. I'm just not that ecstatic on J.J. McCarthy after seeing last season. Obviously, it was great last season, but not number one just yet. The man who's number one, can't deny him. Can't go against him. Going to be the number one pick. Caleb Williams. Heisman, reigning Heisman. He was my pick last year. He was my pick the year before to win the Heisman also. In 2021, after watching that Oklahoma-Texas game where Caleb Williams had to come in and save the day for the Sooners, I said, this guy's Superman. He's going to Heisman. But he didn't win the Heisman that year. Did the next year. But Caleb Williams, still best player, best quarterback in the country. Can't doubt it. Caleb Williams, number one. That's about my top five college football players hanging into the 2023, 2024 college football season. Stay tuned. Still more to come. Squared Sports Lane, Frank, episode 130. Now, again, sticking with the best sport in the world, college football, it's Did You Know. This week on Did You Knows, did you know the team with the most national championships in the history of college football, it's not Michigan, it's not Georgia, it's not Alabama, it's not Ohio State, it's nobody you would think. It's the Yale Bulldogs. Yes, the Ivy League school Yale has the most national championships of all time. Mind-boggling. That's why for Did You Know this week, leave your thoughts in the comments. Let's get you in that NFL mode now. Let's do a little bit of my GM hat, a little bit of what only would I take. This week on, let's call it my GM hat slash what only would I take. It's about Jonathan Taylor and Indianapolis Colts. Now, I'll give you John Taylor's side of the story, and I'll give you the Indianapolis Colts side of the story. If I'm John Taylor, the lane I'm taking is I want to win a Super Bowl. I want to get a big contract because my career is going to be over soon. Let me go play in Miami with the Dolphins. Let me go get this big contract with them. Let me go win a Super Bowl with maybe even another team. Let me go with the Vikings. Play up with them because they need a running back. Alexander Madison is really going to cut it. The Vikings get John Taylor. That instantly makes them Super Bowl contenders if they aren't already. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and John Taylor. That's a very good offense. That's very good for Kirk Cousins. Take the pressure off him after losing Dalvin Cook. You can saw him with the Jets, Jonathan Taylor. I know they're looking at Dalvin Cook, but they already have Brees Hall. I don't know if that would work quite too great right there. Maybe Jacksonville Jaguars. They have Travis Etienne. I don't know if they would trade him to the division rival, Jacksonville Jaguars, but... There are definitely teams we need running back, and there are definitely teams who are willing to pay John Taylor. For John Taylor's style of story, that's what I'm taking. That's the lane I'm taking. I'm leaving the Indianapolis Colts. I'm getting my big contract. Now, side story with the Indianapolis Colts. If I'm Jerry Mercer, if I'm Anthony Richardson, if I'm Chris Ballard, who might be the best general manager in the NFL right now, I'm saying, hey, we got a great young quarterback, Anthony Richardson. We have a great offensive line. We have decent receivers, and we have a pretty good defense. If I'm the Indianapolis Colts, I'm saying, let's keep Jonathan Taylor. Let's let him run it with Andy Richardson. Let's see what they can do on those read options. Fool every defense in the NFL. I want to see what they can do right there. We don't have to pay Jonathan Taylor, and they're fine with that. But if they don't pay Jonathan Taylor, they might pay the pace of having trade him, his career running out. Maybe he's getting hurt again. 
if I'm the Indianapolis Colts, if you can build an offense around John Taylor and Anthony Richardson, that's lethal, especially if Anthony Richardson pans out to be what you want him to be. So that's what I'm doing if I'm John Taylor. And that's what I'm doing if I'm the Indianapolis Colts. What would you do if you're the Indianapolis Colts? And then what would you do if you're John Taylor? Leave your thoughts in the comments. Now, this week from our spotlight, it's going to be about an NFL team that I think is a dark horse to make the playoffs. So if you're looking at your face football team, you're saying, who could be my dark horse, good players, my face football team? This team has the guys. This team can make a dark run in the playoffs. Maybe they win a playoff game. I think they're very expected right now after they had a very, very bad season last year. The worst season in the NFL last year by some Mets standards. They got the number one pick. It is the Carolina Panthers with Bryce Young. Let me say why they are dark horse to make the NFL playoffs this year. You have Bryce Young, good quarterback. And you have such great support around. You have Ike McQuanu, offensive lineman, first round pick. You have Austin Corbett, who was a second round pick, very early second round pick about five years ago. You have Miles Sanders, who was just in the Super Bowl about a few months ago. He was very good for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's a very underrated pickup. So if you have Bryce Young, Miles Sanders, backup with Deontay Foreman. You have Adam Thielen, who they just got receiver. Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault. Very, very good roster. For the Carolina Panthers, Brian Burns, a defensive end. Derek Brown, a defense tackle. This is looking good for the Carolina Panthers right now, in my opinion. You want to pick up the Panthers' defense in face football? I'm all for it. You want to pick up Bryce Young? He can win Rookie of the Year. He can do even better than Rookie of the Year. He can be a pro bowler in year one. Frank Gregg's a great new head coach. He has great new staff around him. Miles Sanders, really, really good running back. We all know that. You have these great wide receivers. Now I'm feeling Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall, I think he's in for a breakout year, or you're doing very well in training camp right now. So Bryce Young, the Carolina Panthers, my dark horse to make the NFL playoffs this year. And that's about for the spotlight. Now, let's go around the bases in a wild baseball world that we live in right now, the MLB. Trade deadline was today, entering the last hour right now. A lot of crazy moves going on. But Chicago Cubs, they reset early in the week that we're not trading our guys. And I love that move. But the Cubs, they stood down. You want to know why? They signed Cody Bellinger to a one-year deal. They signed Dancy Swanson to a little bit of a short-term deal. Why would you trade those guys? Cody Bellinger, you signed for one year. Keep him for that one year. If you sign a guy to a one-year deal, you're trying to win playoff games. You're trying to make it to a World Series. Not saying the Cubs are going to do that. But if you sign him to a one-year deal, keep on that. Try to re-sign him. Because if you trade to the Yankees and they make the playoffs, you're not going to get him back. Now, if you win a playoff game with Cody Bellinger, you lose all the rest. Now you have a real chance of re-signing him. This guy's mashing baseballs, like 2019 self, like his rookie of the year self, like his World Series self. Cody Bellinger, back on his baseball game. Marcus Stroman, still pitching very, very well. And they're back in the race. David Ross, great manager. He's shown so far. So they're back in that playoff race. Cubs, exciting team right now. For the New York Yankees, I'm very disappointed that they did nothing. And this is about the 10th straight year that they've done nothing at the trade deadline. Brian Cashman maybe needs to go. Aaron Boone definitely needs to go. Other Andy Rizzo. Could have been back on the trade block this year after a really bad three-month slump of about no home runs. Aaron Judge really only untouchable in this team right now. Luis Severino didn't get moved, and he's about the worst pitcher I've ever seen. I saw a meme that said, Luis Severino doesn't work, but could be fun to fix. That's exactly how you would describe Luis Severino. Yankees are a dumpster fire right now. They scratched Domingo Herman to pitch Johnny Brito. Johnny Brito, of course, gave up five runs, and Domingo Herman comes in relief and throws a perfect four innings. So I'm surprised right now by New York Yankees doing nothing. Dijon LeMahieu's done nothing this season. Jacob Stan's done nothing this season by his standards. That's why I think of the Yankees right there. Arizona Diamondbacks, they've kind of fallen off a little bit. But again, Paul Seawald, that can help out. 
the few late games, Texas Rangers, they're saying, hey, we're legit. We lost Jacob DeGrom, doesn't matter. We lost Nathan Avaldi for about a month, doesn't matter. Let's go out and let's get Max Scherzer. Who cares about Luis Angel Acuna, who can be the next Ronald Acuna Jr. like his brother? Who cares about him? We're in the now. Let's focus on Adolis Garcia. Let's focus on Josh Jung. Let's focus on Nathaniel Lowe, Jonah Heim, all these great all-stars. Let's focus on those guys. Then maybe in a few years we can focus on the future. I like that, that Texas Rangers right there. They're going bold, and I thought they should have given up more for Max Scherzer. That's on the Mets part, in my opinion. I thought Jack Leiter should have gone that deal also, former number two overall pick, or Evan Carter. That's on the New York Mets. Still a lot of good prospects coming up for the Texas Rangers. Los Angeles Angels, they're going after big guys right now. They got Randall Grichuk. They got Luis, Lucas Giolito to keep it Shohei Otani. Maybe they can make a World Series run once all said and done after the season and maybe bring back Shohei Otani. For the Chicago White Sox, they said, hey, about everyone is available on our team except Luis Robert Jr. And this is a really sad downfall for the White Sox. I loved when they had Jose Brave. I love when Tim Anderson was on top of his game, when they had Yasmani Grandal, Jeremy Mercedes, a 2021 White Sox squad. So much fun to talk about in the show. Really, one of my favorite teams to talk about in the show. I thought they had a real shot at the World Series. None of that happened. Everyone said after that Field Dreams game, this team has so much potential. That was really the best thing he's got. Not a star of something new. So that's tough to see right there for Chicago White Sox. Houston Astros, they went out. They got Justin Verlander. They made moves. They didn't give up Hunter Brown in that deal. So Justin Verlander heading over to the Houston Astros from the New York Mets. About a rental. They said, hey, go play about 50, 60 games in the New York Mets. Get some warm-ups in. And then we'll bring you back for about playoff time. And that's exactly what they've done with Justin Verlander going back to Houston. You could say fleeced the whole MLB, not just the Mets, but the MLB system, not having to pay that full contract for Verlander. It's smart. I applaud Houston Astros for doing that. That's about for Around the Bases this week. Now, this or that. We haven't done this or that in a while, but usually, if you're a new listener or viewer, on this or that, we pick either two teams, two players, to whatever it might be. Put them up against each other, and I pick who I think is going to win, who I think is better, all that. So this is kind of spread across MLB, college football, and NFL. Let's hop into it. First one, who is the better future, the Mets or the Yankees? I'm going to say the Mets because the Mets are getting good prospects. They know that they need to rebuild. They know that they can't just reload. For the Yankees, they've done absolutely nothing. They've strung out the same exact roster every year that at best gets you swept in the championship series. Aaron Judge, amazing. Maybe the best star in baseball. I put that on Squared Sports Instagram. Go follow at Squared Sports. I put Aaron Judge as the best star in baseball. Keep him. DJ LeMahieu, ugh, horrible now. Isaiah Connor Fleffa, eh, meh. Anthony Volpe, that's on the build off of. Josh Donaldson, trade him. I don't know why Josh Donaldson is still on this Yankees roster. Jose Trevino, really nothing. Kyle Yagashioka, really nothing. Anthony Rizzo has been about nothing the past few months. Jacob Stan, less of a player than he's ever been in his career before. Pitching, oh, don't even get me started on that. What if you lose Garrett Cole's offseason? He's an opt-out. What if you lose him? That's something to worry about from the New York Yankees. I think the Mets have a better future. You have good prospects. Thank you. You have Jason Domingos. When, is he, when are you going to call him up? When are you going to call up some of these guys? That's what I'm thinking right there. What happened to Luis Gill? What happened to Davey Garcia? What happened to these good young pitchers? That's one thing right there from the New York Yankees. Give me the Mets as a brighter future. The Jets or the Browns? Two teams that are going to be playing that Hall of Fame game. Nick Chubb. Good for the Browns. Deshaun Watson, also good for the Browns. They have an older core. So do the Jets, but they have a little bit of youth in there. They have Garrett Wilson. They have Aaron Rodgers, Brees Hall. Say Aaron Rodgers wins you a Super Bowl in the next two years. Then you could say, hey, Zach Wilson, maybe you're a little bit better now. Let's try it out again with this new and improved Garrett Wilson, this new and improved Brees Hall, this great offensive line led by Mekhi Becton, Alicia Vera Tucker. What if that works out for you right there? Jets over the Browns. College football now. 
Georgia or Alabama going into the season. Both teams trying out new quarterbacks. I'm going to say Alabama over the back-to-back champs. You want to know why? A, they have better quarterback core, whoever that star is going to be, whether it's Milrow, Buckner, or Ty Simpson. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Gunnar Stockton, Carson Becker, Brock Vandergriff, even though they're all highly tied recruits coming out of high school. But I'm going to take Alabama. You still have Dallas Turner, who can maybe win the Heisman as one of the best defense players in the country behind Harold Perkins over at LSU. Dallas Turner could be the number one pick for the defense side of the ball. If it's not Caleb Williams at quarterback, Dallas Turner, really, really great on the defense side of the ball. I'm going to go him and Alabama over Georgia. Michigan or Ohio State? Ohio State, new quarterback, too many new things for me. I love this Michigan Wolverine squad. Brought back about everybody. Rod Moore, Jamon Green, Michael Barrett was bad going into sixth year. Chris Jenkins could be a first-round pick. J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, Dovin Edwards, great offensive line. Back-to-back Joe Moore winners, best offensive line in the country. Hopefully, they can get that three-peat. Good enough, wide receiver core. And then, of course, Jim Harbaugh loves his tight ends. That's great for you right there. Michigan over Ohio State. If Ryan Day doesn't beat Michigan this year, buddy, you've got problems, like the great old Earl Bruce said at Ohio State. Buddy, if you don't win the Michigan-Ohio State game, you got some problems. Ryan Day may have some problems. He doesn't win this game. Jim Harbaugh went 0 for 4 his first four years at Michigan against Ohio State, then finally got back-to-back wins. Let's keep that ride going. Michigan, better team going to the year of Ohio State. They will win that game. Last one, Astros or Braves? After today, I'm going to say the Astros, but Braves, still very, very good roster. Michael Harris, Marcelo Zuna, seems to never fade. Austin Riley, really great homegrown talent. Matt Olson, Ronald Acuna Jr. seems unstoppable right now. But if the Houston Astros, good enough pitching. Justin Verlander mixed in there. I'm going to go with the Astros. That's about for this or that this week. Leave thoughts and comments. Today on The Buzzer, we're going to talk about the New York Mets. Today for the New York Mets is a day that I will forever remember. August 1st, 2023, MLB trade deadline. You got rid of Justin Verlander. You got rid of Tommy Pham. Time this episode, I don't know who else is going right now. Burks Raley? Dave Robertson's already gone. Max Scherz is gone. They let Jacob DeGrom go last year. You're punting. And this is what I want to say right here for the New York Mets. You're punting 2024, but hopefully it's one of those football punts where you pin them on the one-yard line and they muff the punt so you can score a touchdown. That's what the ideal plan is. So the punt, you get lucky because you're not looking to go for the win, but maybe you do. That could happen in 2024 with the Mets. But more ideally for the New York Mets, let me put another football reference in there. You're punting it, you're looking to pin them inside the 20, and then go big on your next offensive drive. That's the Mets. Punting 2024, looking to go big on 2025. And like I said, maybe you get lucky. Maybe they muff that ball, and you get in the one-yard line, and you go for that big season that you didn't necessarily want to go for the win, but now that you have it, let's do it. That's the New York Mets in 2024. You're not trying to go big, but maybe you just do. Maybe you get Shohei Otani. You're getting Yamamoto from Japan. He has a 1.8 yard right now. He's great. But for Justin Verlander, this is a very sad day for the New York Mets. He had just been turning it on. He would just been pitching great. This season is not over. Francisco Lindor, I know he's very optimistic, but this season is not over. P. Alonso, your career is not over. Your season is not over. This team has so much potential. I'm very saddened by the things that happened this week and today by the New York Mets. Billy Epler, Steve Cohen. I have trust, but New York Mets always disappoint me. And it starts from 2015 on. It'll be fun seeing this homegrown talent going. Drew Gilbert when he comes up in a few years. Luis Angel Acuna. Ryan Mauricio. Because it sure feels better than buying a roster. If you win a World Series with Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, sure, that feels fine. But they're not homegrown. You bought that talent. You bought that team. Now, if you get Drew Gilbert, Ryan Mauricio, Mark Vientos, Francisco Alvarez, Pete Alonso, all these guys play great for you and they win you a World Series, that's something fun. Because all those guys came through that system 
whether it's through trade, I mean, Gama's prospects, or you drafted them. And that's what's exciting for me, New York Mets. Exciting, but also disappointing what happened this season for the New York Mets and this week. I trust New York Mets, but in classic New York Mets fashion, this season was a botch after it was supposed to be a World Series run. That's about for out the buzz this week. Leave your thoughts in the comments. Now, the best last question of the day. This week's question day is, it's fantasy football season. Your drafts are coming up. August is for fantasy. Who are you picking? Number one in your fantasy football draft. If you have number one pick, who are you taking? Better yet, if you have any pick, who are you eyeing on your fantasy football watch list? Get ready for a bunch of fantasy stuff coming up in the next few episodes. That's about for question of the day this week. That's about for Squared Sports at Lanfrank, episode 130. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram, at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter, at Squared Sports. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the best sports content in the game. We'll be back here next week, episode 131. Stay tuned.